Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you feeling today? Yes, I do like to ask that question because it's so important to check in to our internal guidance of what are we feeling? What are we feeling right now? And knowing that our feelings are fluid. You can feel happy and sad and excited and mad all in a day. (laughs) And sometimes in this period of 10 minutes, it's all okay, my friend. So how are you feeling? I am feeling joy. I'm joyful to be here with you. I'm joyful for what the day has brought so far in my life. And I'm feeling tremendous joy. And I am thrilled to be here with you right now. Before we get started, I want to remind you, we are continuing to do the Wisdom Wednesdays. You all have loved it so much that we're continuing. And these are the interviews that I've done over time because this show has been going on for about 14 years now. So there's a lot of shows and it can be overwhelming to dig through. So we're going through and cultivating the archives and rebroadcasting them so that you can grab that wisdom from those guests that I've had and hear me from a different time, earlier time in my career, and gather some nuggets of insight, gather some support for yourself. Make sure that you sign up to receive the Wisdom Wednesday emails to remind you that they're in your inbox because those shows drop on Wednesdays. We send out an email to help you remember because let's face it, we all need reminders. (laughs) There's a link in the show notes to sign up for that. Self-care. What do you think of self-care when you think about it? I used to think, oh, well, that's just for the privilege or it's frivolous and I'm a busy person. (laughs) I don't have time for that. (laughs) You know, that's something I'll do one day, but you know, I I have a lot going on in my life. I have important work to do. (laughs) I used to discount it as frivolous. Here's the thing, my friend, self-care is not frivolous. It's fundamental and it's the foundation for us to get this through this thing called life and for us to get through this time that we are experiencing right now of COVID and all that's happening is because right now it is challenging, challenging times and we're depleted and our brains are like, well, wait a second, when are we going back to normal? We don't know if we'll ever go back to normal, which then can create even more. Like I can feel my body get flushed out as I said that. But these are depleting times and our brain is like, wait, what's happening? Like I can kick in with my adrenaline and I can overachieve and I can fix stuff, especially as overachievers who are used to being the ones that are the fixers and the problem solvers. But how do you problem solve this? And we have so many different issues that are going on. So we've got COVID and this global pandemic that's affecting everybody. There's nobody that can be technically safe from it. We have economic realities throughout the world. If you're in the United States, we have political issues that are happening. And I know from my international clients, you all are watching what's going on in the US. We have racial issues that are going on. We have, there's just so much compounded. These are challenging times. 
So while we may not have, like my mom had growing up and having the Korean War, we may not have bombs dropping on us and soldiers marching down on our streets. We have a lot of things that are hard. And it's really important that we do self-care because we are depleted. And the other thing is not only are we depleted, but there are a lot of people that don't do this work that you and I do. You are a listener of this podcast. So personal development, growth, learning, trying to do better is hardwired into you. This is what you're searching for and you're trying to do it and you've learned and you've practiced, right? There are many people who aren't even willing to open and explore this arena. They are parents of our kids' friends, or they're part of our social circles, or they're part of our work environment, or they're our boss, or they're our family members. And so while you and I are doing this work, there's also other people who aren't doing this work. And while you and I may try to be well-behaved during these challenging times and really being responsible for the energy we bring into the space that we inhabit, many others do not and also don't know how to self-regulate. They don't even know what they're feeling or that they're outside of maybe anger or frustration or being done with this, and they don't know how to move through it. And this is why self-care is so important. So you have the resilience and that you have the capacity to be able to not only deal with all the global issues that I was talking about, but also all the personal issues that people bring into your space. Self-care is important. Let's let go of this idea that it's frivolous or it's unnecessary or it's only for the privilege. We all need it and it can come in many forms because we need it because we are depleted even more so now than before. And as overachievers who are always working, 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 overdoing, overdoing, we need to fill ourselves up because many of you, if you think of yourself as a water pitcher, it's empty. And self-care is about filling that water pitcher so that you can go pour it again. But you've got to make sure that you refill that water pitcher. The other part of that, how we're depleted is there's so much uncertainty in our lives, right? We don't know what the holidays will bring. We don't know like the things that we used to be able to say, okay, this is absolutely going to happen. We don't know. And that uncertainty is a vulnerable. And if you haven't built that vulnerability muscle, which many of you have, if you've been on part of my show for a long time, or definitely if you're one of my clients, we work on that vulnerability muscle. It's still hard and it's taxing and depleting. And then we've also had disruptions in our lives, you know, travel plans that didn't happen, things that we were planning on happening, doing the loss of being able to connect with people that are important in our lives. We've all faced loss. So these are depleting times. In order to be able to, quote, fix it, first you have to own what it is. This, my friend, is why self-care is fundamental. It's not something frivolous. It's the foundation of you being able to take care of others, of you being able to do the work that you need to do to support your family, to support yourself, to support your loved ones, to be valuable in your company. Self-care is the foundation for your ability to sustain the longevity of what we are going through. And if you don't take care of you, you cannot take care of others over the long haul. 
And I realize as we say this, there's obstacles to self-care due to COVID, right? Maybe the things that you did are not possible right now. Could be going out to restaurants with friends, having dinner parties, girls' nights out, traveling with girlfriends. Gosh, do I want a girl's weekend retreat with some awesome girlfriends? I've been thinking about it. I'm like, who can go? And even if we go, we're staying in separate rooms. And what's the risk factor of that? So those are the things, that connection piece that we hunger for and desire and would have had pre-COVID, we may not be able to have right now. For those of you who self-care is about getting manicures and pedicures, that may not be an option either. Or maybe it is an option, but it's done outside in the sweltering heat or the humidity. So it's not feeling as good as it once was, or maybe it's not getting your hair done. I've got quite a bit of grays these days, whatever it may be. Or for me, my go-to for self-care, my go-to was getting massages or getting rolfing done, you know, having work done on my body, body work done to take care of myself so that I can go out and be in the world and be on the concrete pool decks. So those are things that we may have obstacles to during this time of COVID. But it doesn't mean that we can't do self-care. We not only can, but we must. I don't want to get into the scarcity, you know, freak you out, but we must. It's foundational that we do self-care. It is foundational. So I invite you to take the time to tap into your inner being. What do you need? Ask yourself that. What do you need? to refuel yourself so you can bravely face the day or bravely face the situation? Or what do you need to move through this thing called life? Whether it's COVID or not COVID, it still takes tremendous courage. So here are some examples of what I've come up with and how I've altered my own self-care because my massages has not happened. Those are the things that I loved so much. And there's other stuff that I love so much you know, connecting with friends, going on trips, traveling. Those are things I love that I see traveling now because how, how many years ago was I complaining about how I hate travel? I've changed that. But what are the things now that you can do? And so I'm going to share with you some examples of what I've used as self-care during this time of COVID. And I know you're probably all sick of hearing COVID, but this is our reality. And unless we accept what it is, we can't improve it. So we must identify it and then figure out what are the things that we can do within our values, our priorities, and the constraints presented to us. Okay. So for me, one of the key things has been disconnecting from my phone or staying away from my computer, especially on the weekends, like going, okay, I'm shutting down and I'm not going to check email for the rest of the weekend. There's no emergencies. If somebody really needs to get a hold of me, they can call my landline. The newest thing that I've done is where I've delayed, and this is only about a week old, I've delayed checking email until 11 o'clock in the morning or noon, whatever my lunch break would be. And the exception to that is client email because I always read any client reflections in the morning before I go and work with them. So I only open up that inbox and I don't check the other inboxes because it's not that important. And I'm not saying that if you're on the other end of my inbox, that you're not important. It's that I need to be able to show up with my energy and my to-do list instead of allowing everybody else's to-do list 
to hijack my day, which I used to do. And then I get frustrated and grumpy and then offload pain to my family. Not at all good. So this not checking email until 11 o'clock, and I figured out how to only check out client email, which is fantastic, is a much better way for me to show up. That may not be for you, but for me, it has been. And then the other is to not check email after 6 p.m. at night to give my brain the opportunity to let go of the day instead of constantly being this problem solving mode that my brain is in throughout much of the day. So that's just technology, right? Not disconnecting from my phone, not checking email outside of my client email until after 11 or 12 o'clock that day, not checking email after 6 p.m. I've instituted years ago, I was coaching a group called the Year of Yes group coaching program. And I started practicing the habit of not going to my phone first thing in the morning. So that is a practice. That is a habit that I have worked on and done a better job of. And I'm not perfect because sometimes I'll grab the phone. It's really easy to do and revert back to old behaviors. But I'm out of that habit of like, oh, what's happening in the world? What's happening on Instagram? What's happening on Facebook? Those are things that I'm not as deliberate about because it's already in my bones. And these are newer ones that are becoming more in my bones. This next thing is total self-care. Remember how I said I'm not getting those massages. So I will put a link to this. It is called the melt method. Holy moly. This has been my COVID savior and allowed me to do some sort of self-care and taking care of my body work and me doing it myself. And it is a practice that I have consistently done. Not every day. There's some days that I go without it, but I've consistently done it. And I've done it at night when my family's watching television. I've done it in the morning when I get out of bed. I'm like, and I don't want to get out of bed. And I go, well, just go lay on the floor and do your melting there. saying laying in the bed and then it it appeases my crane. You shouldn't be laying in the bed. That's a waste of life and you're just being lazy, right? So it's, I get that done, but I love the melt method. And if you're interested, go in the link and you can look at it. It's a foam roller. It's not your typical foam rollers. It's a much softer roller and it's an expensive roller. It's worth every penny. Actually, my doctor was the one that had told me about it. She's a former physical therapist and she knows all about my body issues and stuff. And she had recommended it and recommended that I go to this Pilates instructor to learn it. And I did it. And then since the shutdown, I was doing Pilates and melt. But since the shutdown, I've been doing the melt method at home and I have the videos. It's on demand with the melt method and I love it. And it's just been great. It's been helping me get all the kinks out of my body and me to nourish myself. So it's been one of my favorite things. And I tell everybody about it. So I need to tell you about it. Melt method. Highly, highly recommend it. Get the long foam roller, get the balls are great for your feet and for your hands. I would recommend, I don't have a DVD player. So I got the on-demand. I like the on-demand and it's taught me the exercises and I like to really follow along with them. And at times when I'm watching television at night, and I know that once I'm done with television, I'm just going to go to bed. Like last night, I did the melt methods that I knew and I'd remembered the sequencing that I could do without being guided, but it's taken me. I mean, I've been doing this now for, I think since December, so what, 10 months or so. So one of my favorite (laughs) self-cares, huge advertisement. I'm not getting paid at all. It's truly a self-care. That replaces the body work of me going somewhere for right now. Okay. The other thing that 
I do is I read books and reading books with words I want to fill my brain with. I'm really cognizant of what am I putting into my brain? And a few weeks ago, I got in this idea that I needed to read this fiction book. It was totally adored by a mentor of mine. She raved about it. She talked about the television show. I was like, okay, if she likes it, I must like it. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Maybe you're going to do that with the belt that then and go get this. this is ridiculous, Corinne. But I was reading the book. My plan was read the book and then watch the series because that's the way I like to do the stuff. And I was like, okay, this is self-care. Like I'm entertaining myself. I'm reading something that's, you know, it's part of pop culture. And, you know, my mentor really liked it. But here's the thing. And the idea and the reality did not align. And I know that I have my own skepticism and my own resistance to things. So I can't just do a one and done. So I keep testing it out. And typically my frame of reference is about a week or so. And I think I did this one for a couple of weeks and I kept reading. And I just kept noticing that like, I was stressed afterwards and agitated by the decisions the characters were making. And I was in my limbic brain waiting for something bad to happen. And I was at the height of the summer of being depleted. I was exhausted. I was already in my limbic brain and I didn't have any capacity. And then I was adding this book and its drama into my brain and my brain didn't have any resilience. I didn't have the ability to step out of it. So while this may have been for other people, including my mentor, self-care and entertainment, it was not bringing me that. And my sleep was off and I just kept noticing this pattern. And that's what I do is I pay attention to patterns, patterns and themes. I'm like, oh, but a part of my brain was like, but you should, you should know about this. Like, right. This is an important thing. There's these actresses that are very well known and you really admire their work and you want to support this. I'm like, but the cost to me was too great. And so I had to stop. And that's a hard thing to do because I'm a finisher. I don't like to just stop midway. And it was a library digital book that I checked out. So I, there was a pressure of, I need to finish reading it before I lose the, the thing. But I had to stop. And then so I tested it out by reading a biography. And I've always loved biography since third grade. And I noticed that I can handle the drama in the biography. And it wasn't taxing to me like this fiction book was. And I went, huh, and my sleep was better. And I was still in the depleted state with all the stress that I was going through, but this wasn't taking from me. And actually it was nourishing my brain a bit because it was reminding me that people go through hard things and that we can go get through it. And that's what I needed, the message. I didn't need the drama. And so that really helped me. And remember, we're all depleted right now. We are functioning a lot out of our lower brain, the limbic syndrome, the fight, flight, or freeze. And our brain's already hardwired to anticipate all the bad things that are going to happen. And then you add everything we're going through and we're just, it's a shit show, my friend. So being already depleted, I didn't want to add further stress and drain to myself. So I realized that fiction book was not self-care. It could be self-care for somebody else, but it wasn't for me. So as I share with you this list that I have, I invite you to check in with you because it's you checking with you and your inner knowing that's going to give you the insight of does it work for you or not. So with this learning, I have switched back to nonfiction books. I'd rather be curious and use my learning brain, which does not trigger my limbic system. 
And while there was somebody, I read a sleep book years ago who said, don't read learning books at night because then your brain's trying to solve that problem. It works better for me. So it is something that I am doing when, before I go to bed, I read, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long, and it puts me to sleep pretty quickly and I go to sleep. So that's what I'm doing. That is a form of self-care. I love the biographies. Like I said, that is important self-care. Another form of self-care that I use is listening to podcasts, podcasts that inspire and empower me, that share other people's stories, that I can gather insights and nuggets of information. Years ago, I was really fortunate. I was mentored by uh, John St. Augustine, who was an executive producer on Oprah and Friends Radio. And one of the things he taught me early on was to set an intention for my show. And since that day back in 2007, my intention for this show has been and continues to be to inspire, empower, and entertain. And those are the types of shows that I look for. I want to fill my brain with that kind of content and I love it. So I think about what learning can I obtain? What nuggets of wisdom? What idea can I learn? And as I talk about this with you, I get so excited. My brain opens up to life's infinite possibilities. And the contrast is when I read books, like I mentioned earlier, like the fiction book, when I get down on humanity and so much doom and gloom set in my brain and I get focused on how people self-sabotage and can be so destructive. I already know that's possible. I'm already working in real life on overcoming that. And in my self-care or in my entertainment, I don't want to be living that on top of it. I want to be inspired and empowered. I want to think about the infinite possibilities so I can move forward. So podcasts, reading books, those are other things of what are you putting into your brain for self-care? Another thing that's self-care that also can be numbing at times too. So it's really important to check where you rooted. But another form of self-care for me can be watching TV shows or movies that also fuel me and don't deplete me. So years ago, I realized that some shows that might've been really popular, again, part of pop culture, that I would just get agitated like I would with that book. And so I cut those shows out of my life. And I got really clear about what are the things that I'm looking for? What are the ingredients of the show that I enjoy and what are the things that I'm willing to tolerate? Cause not everything's going to be fantastic. What do I want to surround myself with? And I've done that with TV shows and movies. And recently I was really exhausted over a holiday weekend. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do like a Marvel's marathon <laughs> because I like the Marvel's movies. Cause they're pretty tight together. And, and my problem is, and my family loves to make fun of me is I can't remember movies for the life of me. I forget. I just forget. I watch it. And then my brain goes delete. So I won't even remember that I watched the movie. It's great. It's entertaining. And I let it go, which is very different than the work I do with my clients, because I can hold on to so much of their own tons of their information in my brain. But that's important. The movies, the television shows, it's entertainment for me. And I delete it. My brain just does. So I decided to start watching these Marvel movies in a particular order from some website and really have been enjoying it. And then my family would come in and then, so they'd want to watch a movie again. And so I had just seen it because I can remember it if it's over a short period of time, like a week or two. 
And I'd go back and I'd rewatch the Marvel movie like Thor. I wound up rewatching it again. And it was so great to rewatch it the second time in a short span because I wasn't in that fearful place of like, oh no, what's going to happen? Oh no, what's going to happen? I knew it was going to happen. So then my brain was out of my limbic system and it could watch the unfolding and I could see the connections between the other movies. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that person was here or here's that important line. And I love that part of it. So even though Marvel movies in the general are very much entertainment, I know it's not real and they're fun and they're entertaining, I can still get a bit triggered because like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But once I know what's going to happen, then I get to go back again and enjoy it. So for me, that's self-care. That may not be your thing. It's all okay. Another part of self-care outside of, you know, feeding the brain is moving my body. And this isn't to see like how many calories I've burned, because we all know if you're new to my show, you're not. And so I'll put a link in the show notes, but we all know that exercise is a horrible way to lose weight. And I will have the link in the show notes. so You can listen to that interview, but that's not why I move. And I don't move to punish my body because I ate something that I quote shouldn't have. No, I move because it's a way to give to my body. It's me taking care of my body, which has been such a huge reframe than when I was in my 20s. I feel my soul and my brain works better. I like to go on walks by myself or with friends, right? And when I go by myself, I'm usually listening to a podcast or I'm talking to myself or I'm listening to audiobook or I'm connecting with nature or the trees and breathing the fresh air if there's fresh air, right? Or I'm going on walks with friends and having connection and conversation and my brain thinks better. Now, smoke this fall or late summer has been an issue in California. So that hasn't always been the option to go on walks outside. And I get that. And during COVID, it's also much harder to walk with friends. And so I walk with friends who wear masks, but I'm not as prone to go outside and walk with them. And sometimes my friends are the podcasts I listen to. I listen to them. I know them. They're part of my friends. They're part of my connection to this world. So walking, whether it's out in nature, with people, by myself, with other content, that is a way of self-care. And another way of moving my body that I've taken care of myself is getting on my bike. And it's a way I get an energy infusion is to get on my bike. And recently, this summer, we got a Peloton. And so, yes, I'm one of those converters. But now this during this time of COVID, that saved me. I was so tired, working hard, supporting my clients, trying to figure things out for the Aqua Monsters, creating new pathways. And I would get on the bike at the end of the day. And I was pretty depleted. And the music and the energy and the words that came out of the Peloton instructors, it was like my sermon. And it became my pick-me-up. I knew that I can go and be brave and do hard things. And then I would get fueled up at the end of the day. It was my infusion. So I can go back and support my clients. So I can do these podcasts for you. So I could refuel after a long day of coaching clients or overcoming aqua monster obstacles during shelter in place. So I have a shout out to Robin Arzon and Allie Love who gave me inspiration, gave me love and gave me empowerment during those hard times. And so... Over the summer, we got a Peloton bike because I have some members of my family who like to look at the data of performance to hold themselves accountable. 
that's not my go-to, but I can get stuck in data as well. So I can pay attention to that. So we got a Peloton bike and it's really nice to have. And I still get on it thinking this will make me feel physically better as well as fill my soul so I can go out and serve those in the world. And the thing is on the Peloton bike is I now have more people that I take classes from. Dennis Morton, Tunde, right? There's a family member in my house that's like, these are my friends. They're my people. I've been missing them, right? It's okay. These are other humans and we're connecting through different platforms. So whether it's Peloton or maybe your local gym has spin classes that you can do virtually, it's another form of connection. And for me, it's self-care. It's not taking, but it's giving to myself. And when I was in my twenties, it was about taking, it's like, oh, I've got to go do my exercise so I can burn those calories or whatever. That's not what it's about. It's really about giving to myself and I get infused with energy or I get that blood moving through my body and there's a better flow that's happening. So movement is huge in my self-care. And having an indoor bike has been definitely helpful with the smokes that we've had. Another form of self-care, which is again, different than the way I used to do it, because I used to do it as numbing, was eating, right? It was like, oh, let me numb and numb my feelings. But now self-care is getting meals made for me. So sometimes we get takeout from our restaurants or (laughs) I have this dreamy world of farm to fresh cooked meals that get delivered. And I guess this is the best thing that's come out of COVID. This Michelin chef who's cooked in Napa and in San Francisco, I think moved to Davis pre-COVID. Maybe their intention was to open a restaurant, but because of everything they didn't. So you go on their website and you order these meals and it's cooked and it's delivered. And then all I have to do is heat it up. It's amazing. I had this salmon dish last night that I just so enjoyed and it's farm to fresh and great produce in it. And I just love it. That for me is self-care. Having a fantastic meal that I don't have to cook. Awesome. I'm all in. So how you nourish yourself with food, maybe for you, self-care is cooking. I know people that are like that. That's not self-care for me. I'll cook, but I'm not loving it. Maybe I'll change my relationship with cooking like I have with exercise, but right now I'm not there. That's okay. Another form of self-care for me is receiving help from others. Stop doing it all yourself. Learning how to receive and giving others the space to help has been a big lesson I've been upgrading this year. I don't have to do it all. There are people that want to help and I'm depleted and I need help. And it doesn't mean I'm weak or not capable, but we're stronger when we rise up together. And there's receiving help and there's also time alone. It's such an important self-care practice. We're so connected digitally. We're connected to people. We're so connected depending on where we live, how many people we live with, who we live with. Do we live in an apartment building? Do we live in a house? Time alone is important. I love being with people. I love, love, love people. I love talking. I love connecting, but my soul also needs time with myself alone. And maybe sometimes it's actually just lying there and not doing anything. And remember earlier I said, oh yes, milk's great because then I don't just lay in bed. But I also have to remind myself of what do I need? And maybe it is laying in bed for an extra 30 minutes. And that's a form of self-care, being with my thoughts, being with my brain, checking in with my body. So lying there and doing nothing 
is a form of self-care for me. As long as I'm not hiding and trying to run away from something. I always check in with where am I rooted? What does this feel like? Does this feel like love or is this shame and I'm trying to outrun it or hide away from it or fear? So I remind myself that because <laughs> I have a voice in the back of my head that's like, Corinne, you know, you like to measure productivity to your self-worth and lying there and doing nothing is not important nor valuable, but I have to remind myself it is important. It is valuable and it's space clearing. The other thing that I've just recently come back to is yin nidra meditation. Oh my gosh. I haven't gone to my yoga studio since due to COVID. My routine of going into a specific space has gotten dropped. And even though I've always known I could do it at home and at times I have, I just don't. And so I go to the yoga studio and I do it and I've gone back to it. I remember it. I said, hey, I can do the meditation here at home And I'm so grateful that this idea has come back to me because we forget these things that we do, right? But it came back to me. So Yanidra, there's YouTube videos, Insight Timer has Yanidra meditations. There's books on it. You could record your meditation yourself if you want to listen to your own voice. There's lots of things. You can do meditation. My favorite just happens to be Yanidra meditation. Another one is one that I talk a lot about on the show is journaling. We also sell mindset journals, workbooks, but it helps me declutter all the noise that I've collected, all the other people's stories. And what I realize is my mind is like the flat surfaces in our homes or our offices. We have this really big island that seats seven in the kitchen and that thing collects so much stuff over the course of the day, no matter what, no matter how clear I've been, it just collects stuff. And then if we don't put things away, it becomes overwhelming. And then that's when I kind of lose my mind. The same thing happens with our brain. We just collect stuff that we may not even be putting in there. Other people may be putting in there, whether purposefully or not, it's in there. And so decluttering by journaling is a great way to get it out of our brains, get it out. And once I'm done decluttering, then I can connect to my stories that I'm attaching to and what is really my truth. And so that's the managing my mindset and it's fundamental to self-care. It's not something to do perfectly or even have to do every day, but you want to manage it. And putting pen to paper is so huge. And if you need help with that, we've got mindset journals. We'll put a link in the show notes. Now, beyond the writing, the next important thing to self-care is sleep. And let's not forget this one. Growing up, my dad used to often say, why would I waste eight hours a day sleeping? Why would I waste a third of my life? There's so many missed opportunities. So when I first became an adult, maybe even through college, actually through college, being a student athlete, and then being an adult, not only did I think self-care was frivolous, I thought sleep was frivolous because I took on this belief that my dad would talk about as truth. And I don't need to sleep eight hours. I'll just sleep four. Sleep is wasting time. (laughs) My friend, sleep is very, very important. (laughs) There's plenty of sleep research to back it up. And I still have my own work to do with sleep and my sleep hygiene, but sleep is not a waste of time. It washes our brains. It does restorative work for our bodies. And for me, it is one of the easiest ways for me to take care of me 
because I can close my eyes and go to sleep and I don't have to do anything except stay asleep, which can be problematic when I'm not taking care of myself or I'm not practicing, you know, appropriate sleep hygiene and my sleep becomes disruptive. But sleep is such the ultimate self-care, taking care of ourselves, getting to bed at a time that is in line with your body, tuning in to what your body needs. Sleep is my ongoing practice and it is one of my most fundamental self-care practices I do. And I'm not great at it. Like I'm not a person who puts her head down and three minutes later she's asleep and she always sleeps a solid eight hours. Like no, sleep, I have my obstacles and I'm practicing them and I'm getting better. And sometimes I totally screw it up and then I go back and I practice it again. So my friend, I hope these ideas has given you a new belief of self-care is foundational. And maybe you already knew that. And it just reminded you like, yes, self-care is the foundation of what we need. And remember, it's not that you do all of this and you need eight hours a day. Cause if I did every one of these things, it would probably take about eight hours a day. We have work to do both paid and unpaid work. We have families, friends, loved ones to care for relationships that we must nurture and we want to nurture. So how do you do that with self-care as well? You create a self-care menu of what do you want to do to take care of yourself? That way, when the time comes, you can look at the menu and choose what would work right now with the constraints, the time, with your schedule, with the demands, what would work right now? And I love this idea of a menu because it's like going to a restaurant. The restaurant has a menu. So you know what's available to order. Could you imagine the amount of brain juice you would have to use if the restaurant didn't have a menu and you had to keep asking, well, can you make me this? How about a salmon plate? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't cook fish. Okay. How about a risotto plate? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have risotto, (laughs) right? They would keep having to say, I'm sorry, we don't have this. And it would be exhausting and you would be frustrated and they would be frustrated. So what we want to do is have our own self-care menu. So you know, what are the different choices that work for you right now? And it may evolve. What may have worked before may not now, just like what used to be maybe our self-care pre-COVID may not be because of the constraints that we have in our current life. And that's okay but have your current self-care menu so that you can fuel yourself because we're all depleted. So my invitation for you is create this menu. Start with giving yourself permission to experiment. And remember my fiction book experiment, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to read this book. It's entertainment. It's going to be fulfilling. It didn't work out that way. It took me a couple weeks to figure this out. I didn't beat myself up that it took me a couple weeks. I just paid attention and I pivoted. So start with permission to experiment. Then ask yourself, what do you need to fill your soul? What do you need to nourish you? What does your body need? Brainstorm, write it down, and then go out and experiment. Let go of any judgment. Declutter it out of your brain. Write it down on a piece of paper or in your mindset journal so that it's not stored in your brain any longer, these judgments that you may have, right? And then go do, go do this experiment, test it out. Afterwards, evaluate, 
never before or during, afterwards. And afterwards means it could be immediately, it could be following, it could be the next day, and then again over time. And ask yourself, was it restorative? Did it fill you up? Did it add tension? Why did it add tension? Be curious about it. Do you need more information before you can make a decision? I know I have my own biases and my own skepticism and resistance to doing new things. And so I always know that I need to give myself about a week of information before I make a decision. Because otherwise it's like, no, I'm forget it. I'm not doing it. Too difficult. Why would I do that melt thing? It takes up too much time. It doesn't feel right. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, right? There's all that chatter. And so I just keep saying, Corinne, give yourself a week. You need more data. And then if it is self-care, add it to your self-care menu. And if you realize, like I did with the fiction book, it's depleting you, make note of that, that it's not self-care. So whether it's a fiction book or certain television shows, like, oh, those are not what I do to fill me up. They take away. And what you can do is you can put a note, you can make a really beautiful, you know, note and put it up on a bulletin board, put it in your kitchen, put it up in your bathroom so you remember and make your own menu there. It could be a page, it could be a post-it note, it could be a journal entry, it could be on your phone, however you want to set it up, but create your menu because self-care is not frivolous, it's fundamental and even more so right now during this time period that we have. All right, my friend, I am smiling big for you. Recharge, refuel, so that you can go and move through this thing we call life. Do you give yourself permission to create what you desire? Or do you listen to that voice in the back of your head that says, someday, when you get all this other stuff done, (laughs) when you no longer have all this other responsibility, (laughs) how's that working for you? My friend, we all need a community that supports us, holds us accountable, And where you have people who believe in you when you are struggling to believe in yourself. Stop going it alone. It's time for you to go after your dreams and desires. Stop telling yourself that your dreams and desires are selfish. Instead, give yourself permission to do what you want to do. We've been fooled believing that we must sacrifice ourselves for the betterment of others. And instead, I invite you to discover what is possible for you. And I have just the thing for you. It's my next upcoming coaching group where we're going to work on you being confident, believing in yourself, trusting your inner wisdom, being a priority in your life loving yourself. So, so important. You hear me talk about it all the time, loving yourself. And here's my commitment to you. We are going to enjoy our lives. (laughs) Enough of this 2020 BS. So what I invite you to do is go to the link in the show notes. You can find out about my upcoming coaching program. It starts in November, but applications have already begun and then we're halfway full with enrollment and apply. You're not obligated when you apply but put your name in there because even just by applying, you're giving yourself permission that you matter, that your dreams matter, that you can have what you desire. So go to the link in the show notes and apply. On a lake, she is dreaming.
she is drifting, never been so wide awake. 